0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. And this is because, and I'm not, down, I'm not downing um, marital counseling, premarital counseling. This is a premarital counseling class. Um, so you're all in on it this is a premarital counseling class so I'm not downing premarital class but what God is saying is that in our premarital classes we're not focusing on the right things we're focusing on some good things things that 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 will help but there's some things that have to happen and we have to focus on first before we can even receive those things that we talk about in counseling and The thing about that is, is us. He has, God has to work on us individually first. You have to be whole and complete first. You have to be walking properly first before you can uh, attach yourself, before you can bind yourself, before you can enter into an agreement, a marital agreement with anybody else. You have to be right first you have to be properly taught first and and remember none of us none of us come into this world knowing how to be married knowing what marriage is just like we're not we don't come into this world knowing how to walk and knowing how and knowing how to talk we have to be prepared we are taught those things and marriage is no different again i don't care if you have had and you could have had the best you could have had the best examples in your life but you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You don't know what ha- what had to happen to cause their marriage to be the way that it is. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know the struggles. You don't know the prayers. You don't know the sacrifices. You don't know any of those things going into marriage unless you are, number one, taught, unless you are prepared. And even and even and even when you are taught, even when you are prepared, when those things actually come up, they actually come up you have to then remember and put those things into practice what you have been taught and what you've heard and so it's very important that we hear. We, we need to be very attentive. And again, I said, don't, I, I don't want to hear, you know, I'm not thinking about getting married. I, I don't want to get married. I never want to get married because you just never know what happens. And I want you teenagers, teenagers for sure to be listening to this. Twenties, in your twenties, yes, you need to be, li- of course, you need to be listening because you're even closer to the marriage stage than, than others. But you teens, you need to listen because this is the time right now to get these things in place. If you have these things and, and you're already flowing, you've already been in practice for some years. So when when that opportunity comes up for marriage, hands down, you are ready, you are prepared. And if you are listening, if you are here, so Church of the Living Water folks, and then even you live streaming, you have no excuse for a failed marriage. None. And. Listen, you're already here, and if you get up and you turn off the television, then you are in sin, because God has already said, He has you here for a reason, and He's already laid out, He's already said that He needs to work on you first. He's already said that. So you just need to sit back. Be listening, listen attentively, obey fully, and conform completely. That's all you have to do. And watch how God can work in your life. We get so anxious about things, anxious about marriage, just anxious about everything, just just anxious. We get anxious about things, but we don't consider that God, what has God been trying to tell you? What is God trying to tell you? what has he been trying to tell you what is he trying to tell you now that will calm all of your anxiety if you would just allow him you need to have you need to allow patience to have his perfect work in you we all need to have patience to allow to ha- allow patience to have its perfect work in us so last week we talked about, we had been talking about some common things, some common reasons why people get married. Uh, their reasoning, remember this is God's institution, so he is the one who says what marriage is. He is the one who, who establishes the standard for marriage, and he is the one that establishes the purpose for marriage, um, so God is trying to check your motivation. That's what He's doing. He wants you. To, he wants you to check your motivation. He's putting the word out in front of you. He says, "Listen, are you are you uh, conforming? Are you uh, uh, obeying this word? Are you complying with this word?" He wants you to do a retrospective look in your own life. That's what the Word does. It shows you the standard. And then you are supposed to look take a retrospective look. Allow the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the convictor. Allow the Holy Ghost to convict you. And you take a retrospective look. And then when God says this is you, you need to change. And listen, there's always, I don't care if, although we're teaching on marriage and, and we're talking about preparation, I guarantee you that the Word of God, it transcends all situations and it transcends all people. So just allow the word to just meditate and to, to, to hear. What Lord, what are you trying to say to me through this message? Even if you're married. She's talking about premarital class. What, Lord, what are you trying to say to me through this message? Still, everybody needs to take that, that kind of attitude. Whenever you're hearing, whenever you hear the word of God, you need to ask God, What, Lord, what are you trying to get over to me? What is it that you need for me to learn? so last week we left off uh talking about the woman the samaritan woman at the well of sakar and i loved i love that and we're going to pick back up there um in just a few a few moments we need to understand and, and, and so remember the, the woman of at the well of sakar the samaritan woman remember what i said that She, although she had five husbands, we're we're not necessarily honing in on the fact that she had five or six husbands. That was a byproduct of the original problem. That was a byproduct of the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is why she ended up. Why did she end up? with five or six husbands that is what God is dealing with that is what he's dealing with you uh, dealing uh, dealing with you about he wants to he wants to to make sure he wants you to understand that there are reasons why you make the choices that you make there's a reason why you choose certain people there's a reason why you make a uh, bad choice there's a reason why there is divorce there's a reason behind there's a root cause behind all of those things there's a reason why you have the, the thoughts that you have about marriage and and let me say this and my, one of my brothers and I want to thank him because one of my brothers uh he reminded me that I've needed to say this it's, it's sad that you probably have to but you know sometimes we get we get we have listening ears for other people and we don't consider, again, it's what I just said. We have listening people. Uh, listening ears for other people, but we don't consider what God is saying to us. And he had to remind me, listen, don't get caught up in this woman. We're talking about this woman because this is just the example that we have. But this transcends gender. We're not talking to women. This message is not to women. This message is to everybody. Everybody who can consider marriage. Everyone who is able who is capable who wants to who may not want to at this time but this is for everybody this is not just for the women again she had issues but just think about the issues that you have we talked about her having debilitating thoughts and the reasons why she was making the choices that she was making men you have debilitating thoughts as well uh we talked about you know, some of the things and some of the reasons why people get married and, and we allow the rudiments of this world, we allow the thoughts of this world to, to dictate to us our standard and how we live and how we structure our life, how we live our life. We allow that to happen. And men, you are no different. You have men in your family. You have maybe your, your father, maybe your uncles, maybe your cousins. They have planted these uh, thoughts in your head about women and that's why that's why you are a womanizer that's why you go from woman to woman so that we're not so we're not don't don't put don't don't look down on her because she had five or six husbands we're not looking down on her because she had five or six husbands because men and women both all have issues without the lord all have issues without the Lord. So we saw that. The, the, her thought pattern, the debilitating thoughts, those things were keeping her weak. Those things were making her make bad choices. Those things had her unprepared to marry the first time, had her unprepared unprepared to marry the first time and remember what I said at the very beginning that this is our preparation time you have to be prepared just like anything else prepared to walk prepared to talk when you when you're when you're born prepared for for a uh, school for college you have to go through a preparation of all those 12 years of of of, of uh, other other stuff of what uh, secondary post-secondary Secondary schooling to, to be prepared for post secondary schooling, you have to be prepared for all of that, and marriage is no different. You have to be prepared for marriage and so in John, turn to John chapter four we 're going to start right there in John chapter and let's look at uh, we're not going to go back we already know what happened at the well, uh after their initial piece of conversation so we're not going to go back there he talked about the husbands she said she didn't have one he said yes you're right he says but but look at this this is what this is the reason why Right, so we said that's a byproduct. That conversation he was having with her was just a byproduct. But here is the real deal of why he met her at the well of 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 Sakkar, verse one. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go. That scripture says he must need, there was a need for him to go. Through Samaria, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called sakar near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It was late, for so somebody be going to get some water. It was late. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest Askest drink of me which am a woman of Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee give me to drink thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him sir thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep from whence then hast thou that that living water. into everlasting life I love that he says this this water that you're going to get out of this well you drink that you're going to thirst again but I stand before you the well of salvation I stand before you with all that you need I stand before you as your source I am your water I am, and if you would just drink of me if you would just accept me if you would just accept and to come unto me if you would just obey me if you would just trust me if you would would just follow me. He says that I will be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. and will be everlasting life for you. Talk you talking about having life and having life more abundantly. This is what he's talking about. That abundant life that you're talking about. What the houses and the cars and what you can buy and what you can wear and what you can, all of these things, all the places you can go, that's not, that is not, that, listen, that is not abundant life. That's what you think abundant life. And that again, that's why God is trying to correct our thinking because that is not abundant life. He says abundant life is everlasting life. You will have life everlasting in the end. He says, but right now, right now here on earth, you can have everlasting life. You can have life flowing freely in you. Life what? What is life? Life is freedom. Life is freedom from debilitating thoughts. Life is freedom from, from, uh, uh, from all of these things that have you bound. Thoughts that have you bound. Ways that have you bound. Listen, if you find yourself in cycles after cycle, the same cycle, it comes back around. It, you get out of it and, you come, and then you go back to it. Those are cycles in your life and that's because you are bound. That's, that's a bondage for you because it has you wrapped up and you cannot break away you cannot break free that is why God is trying to give you everlasting life he wants to give you this life that springs up in you a life that this water this water and this life that springs up in you and the word of God the water of the word of God it washes it cleanses but it will it will cause it will cause a life spring out the word of God it is life-changing The word of God is life changing. And he says here, listen, if you would just drink of this water, if you would just drink of this word, if you would just hold on to it, if you would just obey it. If you would just obey you can have life right now. Listen, listen, we're going through a tough time, and, and some people are not handling it well. Some people are handling it better than others. We are going through this, but guess what? You can have peace, you can have joy, you can have all of that in the midst of the things that are, you can have hope. In the midst of the things that are going on right now. Because Jesus said that I am that well. I am that living water that you need. No matter what goes on. I am that living water that you need. Listen. We're not going to change this society. You're not going to change a racist system. You're not going to change. God is not even concerned about changing the system. He's not. He is not concerned about changing the system. He's concerned about changing the people in the system. That's what he's concerned about, because if he can change the life, if he can change the hearts and the lives of the people, the system will be no more. The system will be no more. It's the hearts of the people that God is after. That's what he's after. And if he can change our hearts. Then he, if He can change. Listen. And it's not that He. I said if He can. He can do it. He can do it. It's the people. If they will accept Him. That is the issue. That is the question. He can do it. No doubt. Our God can do it. The scripture tells us. That the heart of the King is in God's hands. He has, he has it. He can do it. But will you accept it? will you accept him it's people accepting him that is the issue that is the issue and as long as we have people that don't accept him you're going to have the problems and the evil that you that we're facing that we're seeing in this world and that's just that's just a matter of fact it's just a matter of fact it is it is what it is it's just a matter of fact so we see here that that Although the, the husband deal this was not that was not the reason it says that, that the Lord it was the re- he had, he had need to go he must needs go. I know that's a bad English, but that just lets you know how serious it was. He must needs go and he must needs go because there was a woman in need. There was a woman who was in need. She was in need of healing. She was in need of of a a life change. She was in need of a thought change. She was in need of that. She was in need. She needed her crooked ways made straight. She needed her thought pattern corrected. She needed to be whole in him. She and said, listen. Tell us everything. You know, I I don't even think that the the Lord that, that it's written here everything that the Lord said to her. But the most important things are here. But I don't think that everything the Lord said to her is here. Remember, that was a private conversation. He, he, don't, he don't have to put all that in, in here. That was her business. And what she, But I, I can just imagine, I can just imagine how he just, how he, when he talked to her, how he told, he'd already told her about the husbands. So if you know, you know, if he told her about the husbands that he already knew that, then he knew what was going on in the inside of her. So I can just imagine that he spent some time, whatever whatever time he had, that he spent some time trying to show her who she was, where she was, how she was thinking, how far away, uh, and and, and again, he's talking about living water, and how this living water... How this living water can help change, can help change the way that she was thinking, the way she was thinking about herself. Again, we have no, the why, 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 why did she feel like she needed all those husbands? Why did she, there was some unsettling, there was some things that were in her that was unsettled. She probably felt like she needed to be married. You don't need to be. Nobody needs to be married. You want to, and that's fine. To have a desire to be married, that is fine. But you can live your life without being married. When, when When you say you need something, that means I can't live without it. That means I won't survive without it. You can survive without being married. You can live without being married. So I can imagine all of these things. He talked to her about all of these things, all of these things that concerned her. All of these things are the reasons why she was making the choices that she was making. I I, I just imagine that he addressed all of those things with her in the time that he had it. And I listen. The day she met Jesus at that well, I believe her life was changed. She stopped thinking. She stopped thinking. She stopped. She stopped thinking herse- about herself cheaply. She stopped thinking about herself. She she probably didn't even know she was being cheap. She didn't even know it. But after God got through with her and, and helped her to realize the value that she had in Him, helped her to realize the value that she had in Him, her life changed forever. And that is exactly what the Lord wants. That's exactly what the Lord wants to do with each and every one of us. He needs us to be stable in Him. He needs us to be stable. Listen, let's turn to Colossians chapter 2. Okay, uh, actually, I think this is where we left off. Colossians chapter 2. I love, I love this. I love this. Listen, listen. From a person who has been healed herself. From a person who has been healed herself. I speak from experience. That the Lord is a healer. He must needs. He must needs. And he came by to visit me. He must needs. And he came by to visit me. And so I love, I love, I love this. In Colossians chapter 2. Let's look at starting at verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ. Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of of the Godhead bodily. I love this. And you are complete in him. Which is the head of all. The principality and all of that. I, he says listen. He is the fullness. Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he lives in you. If you receive him. And you walk in him. You are built up. You are rooted. You are established in him. You are in him. And he says in him. If you are in him, and in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? it? Why can't we? Why can't we change the way we think about ourselves based on what God tells us who we are? Why can't we? Why can't we accept? The, the, uh, his principles, his ways, his standards, and make them our own. Conform to those things. Oh, fully obey and conform to those things. Understand, if he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, you don't, listen, you don't understand what that means to be the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He said, the, G, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, He dwells in you. He dwells in us. And each and every believer, he dwells. And with him, with him in you, with him living on the inside of you, there is no reason why we, we should make the choices that we make. If only, And that's what it is. We make the choices that we make. And we make the choice not to conform, not to obey, and not to conform completely. That's the bottom line. It's all about our choices. You choose. Listen, if you are depressed, and I'm I'm not, I'm not belittling, I'm not downplaying, if you are depressed, if you are feeling hopeless, if you are feeling restless, any of those things, it's only because you do not understand and you do not realize the fullness of the Godhead bodily that can dwell in you. All of that power, God's power, God's ability to work in you, to work through you, to work on you, all of that. All of that. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's how you become stable in Him. That is how you become stable in your position in Him. As we receive Christ and walk in Him, we are rooted and built up in Him and established. Listen, look at this in verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ. Here we go. Receiving. That's the key. That's the key. Number one. You have to join yourself to Christ. Listen. God has already chosen you. Oh, you are already chosen. Those of you looking for a mate, you're looking for a spouse, listen, God has already chosen you. You're already chosen. You are already chosen. He says that if you, all you have to do for the one who has chosen you, he's chosen you by making a way for the relationship that you have with him. He's already made a way for that. He's chosen you and he's made a way. don't have, you have to worry about, you have to worry about uh, uh, spending no money for no marriage. He says, I've already made, it, but made the way. It's already done. It's already done. I have chosen you by making a way for the, this relationship. All I want you to do is join yourself to me. All I want you to do is say yes. <laughs> All I want you to do is say Yes. When that man gets on that knee and he proposes to you, and you say what? Yeah, God says, listen, all I want to do is, all I want you to do is say yes. That's all I want. All I need for you to do, that's the first step. All I need you to do is take the first step and say yes. Yes to my will and yes to my way. By accepting him and his ways. Receiving, this is receiving him. Receiving is accepting and not rejecting. Receiving is not withholding obedience. That's receiving. We say we receive the word. Oh, yes, I receive that. Look, we don't receive nothing unless it's going to fill our pockets. Yeah, we're quick to say that. Oh, yes, somebody tell you you're going to get something. Oh, yes, I receive it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. We're so quick to say that. How about receiving this word? How about when you hear a word that says, change me? How about about you lift your hands in and say, "I, I receive it? That's what God needs from you right now. That's what He needs from you. That's what He needs. He needs somebody to say, I receive Him. So receiving Christ, is, and receiving Christ is not a one-time thing. you got to receive Christ daily. you got to receive Him daily. See, listen, when, when God tells you, you need to forgive, you got to receive God. Raise it, lift your hands and say, I receive that. I receive it. In the name of Jesus. You know what? God, God, God is trying to tell us. He's trying to, listen, I'm trying to get you to a place. I'm trying to get you to a place. And listen, you can't go into a marriage with unforgiveness in your heart. Why? Because you're going to always, that person that you, even if, even if it's not that person that you haven't forgiven, it's always going to be something in your heart that's going to keep you from trusting. It's going to keep you from loving. It's going to keep you from all of that because you're holding on to bondages. You're carrying bondages into a relationship, you're carrying bondages into a marriage that will keep you it will keep you with debilitating thoughts. Debilitating thoughts about your spouse, debilitating thoughts about you, just a a debilitating thoughts about the situation, about the marriage, about the covenant. It's gonna keep you, it's gonna keep you bound. And that's what unforgiveness is. It's a bondage. It's a bondage. Listen, don't you wanna be free? Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be free? Every time you see a person, every time you think of something, you get angry. That's a bondage. That's, that's, somebody's holding on. You allow somebody to hold on to your emotions like that. That's a, that is holding on to your emotions. You don't, listen, you don't need to, nothing, nothing in this world needs to have your emotions like that. Where it can cause you to just change and move. And you know, you, Your emotions need to be subject to you. You don't need to be subject to your emotions. You need to control that. You can control that. Listen, receive in Christ. That's number one. Receive Him and all that He has for you. Receive Him and everything that He wants, everything that He expects from you. That is the first thing. And then after you receive Him, after receiving Him, then you got to walk in Him daily. That becomes your walk. Your walk. What is your walk? Your walk is your day to day progress. Your walk is your day-to-day progress in Him. He wants you to walk in Him. He wants you to have a day-to-day with Him. He, just like you, you, you have a day-to-day, you talk and you with, with people. He says, listen, just like you talk and you have day-to-day conversations and day-to-day communication and day-to-day relationships and fellowships with people. He says, I need you to have a day-to-day with me. Receive him, you continue to walk in him, you continue to, to to walk in him that means to regulate your life in him. regulating that means your, your conduct in him that means that you are regular you are controlling you are governing the way that you manage your life day to day. that means you are reg- you are controlling it, you are governing it and uh, 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 managing it after receiving him that means that all that God has for you again when you when he when you he when you receive him you are saying i'm receiving everything that you have for me that includes his word that includes his correction that includes his admonishments that includes his delegated authority over your life he says when you choose me, you're choosing all of that oh see see that's and that's the problem that's the problem we don't want and we we're okay with receiving christ and then receiving the benefits that come with it. But we don't want the responsibility. We're okay with the benefits of, of, of receiving Christ. We're okay with the benefits of calling ourselves Christian. <laughs> but we don't want the responsibility that that entails. We don't want to live up to the standard that that entails. And that is our issue. That's why we make bad choices. That's why. You know what? We, and I'm not saying that no, we're, not, we're not perfect. We're not, when I say perfect, that means that we're not. None of us are without sin. We sin less. We sin less when we're with Christ, and we don't. We don't prepare to sin. We we, we don't we don't make way to sin. We don't give room for sin. We we don't we don't do that. We don't do that. But when we fall, we, if and when we fall short, if. And when we fall short. We have an advocate with the Father. And we can get back on track. If and when. But walking in Him, walking in Him daily, it will keep you from sinning less. Walking in Him daily, regulating your life, controlling your conduct, controlling and governing your ways and managing your life. You can do that sinning less. When you walk in Him, regulating your life around His Word, around His standard. Look at John chapter 12. Let's turn to John chapter 12. I don't know about you, but this is good to me. And listen, and, and don't say it's good. Don't say it's good right now and then you get off, and you get off the, the, the live stream and then you go back to living and doing the cycle. The, the Word is supposed to change you. The Word does change you. But are you going to accept that change? The word, the word is going to do what it's going to do. But you have to hear it, listen attentively. Listen attentively, and you hear it and you receive it. That, that's how it's going to change your life. That's how it's going to change you. John chapter 12. Look at verse 35. And all I really want is verse, is the the A part. Oh, you know what? I can't, I can't even do that. Mm -mm, I can't do that. Verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever, and how, and how uh, sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Who is this Son of Man? This is what I wanted right here. Then Jesus said unto him, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. And I just want to stop right there. Verse 35. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. He was telling them, Listen, I am the light. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He said that I am the light. And if you would walk in me, this this light, this, this again, this is also walking in him. This is walking in him. This is regulating. And Jesus was saying to them that he is the light that was walking with them. And for them to walk while they had the light. Walking what? Making good the use of the opportunity of him being among them. He says make good of this time. You need to make good of this time. This time that I am walking. He says, because yeah, a little while, I I will be no more. I'm not going to walk with you anymore. He says, but while the light is here, you need to take full advantage. While the light is here, you need to take full advantage of the light being with you. Look, look at this in Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And Jesus is still that light. (laughs) He's not walking with us, but Jesus is still that light. Psalms 119. 19. Let's look at this in verse 105. 119 and 105. And the scripture. God, that's a long chapter. 105. And here we go. The word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. The word is a lamp unto feet. Unto my feet. And a light unto my path. He says listen. All I want you to do. I want you to consider that the light is still with you. I am with you. Christ is that light. We saw that. We saw that in John chapter 12. Christ is that light. And now the light dwells in you. The light dwells in you. And the word of God is a lamp unto your feet. And a light unto your path. He says "This this is why you don't have to. This is why you don't have to go those crooked and and, 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 uh, uh, wide places. You don't have to go that route. Because my word, if you would receive my word and walk in my word, it will will help you regulate your life. It will help set you on the path. It's going to show you the path. It's going to light the path that you're supposed to go. And all you have to do is stay in that light. But guess what we do? We turn, darkness. (laughs) It's like we're drawn to darkness. Darkness, oh, that's dark. Oh, let me go this way. When the light is already there. The light is already there. He says, just walk in the light. Walk in the light. He says, walk in the light. Reminded me of that song. Walk in the light. Beautiful light. He says, walk in the light. That's all all he wants you to do. He wants you to receive him. Then he wants you to walk in him. Regulating your life. To regulate your life. You, if you regulate your life with His Word, it will refrain your feet. It will keep you from evil ways. And it will help you to refrain your, free, your feet from going in a direction in a way that God never intended for you to go. Never intended for you to go. When you get married, He never intends for you to go to divorce. He never, that's never His intention. And if you walk in the light, receive Him and you walk in the light, you walk in His Word, He's going to show you the path to take to help you keep your marriage on track. He's going to show you, even before then, if you would accept Him, receive Him and walk in Him now, even before you think about getting married, He's going to help you establish your way. He's going to then show you how to choose. He's going to show you what to choose. He's going to do all of that. If you would just follow, if you would, commit to following his way verse oh go back to Colossians chapter Colossians chapter 2 go back there to Colossians chapter 2 and let's look at verse Colossians chapter 2, let's look at verse 7. It says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. So as you receive him daily, and you walk in him daily, your roots in him are strengthened. Your roots in him are strengthened. That means that you are made firm. That means you are made fixed. That means that you are made, you are grounded. Listen, your initial salvation of accepting the work of Christ at the cross and beyond, that is your foundation. But your continuing in His Word in obedience is how you build on that foundation. Accepting Him is just the foundation, your foundation accepting Him. But as you walk in Him, as you hear His Word, as you... Hear and see His standards, and you uh, uh, obey that standard. As you conform to that His way and His standards, as you do those things, then you are building. You are you are building on that foundation. It is our experiences with God. It is our experiences with God that helps build our faith. If you never experience God, then of course you're going to have weak faith. If you never allow your faith, if you never allow your faith, your trust in Him, your dependence on Him, if you never allow it to work, then it won't, Then you won't have it. If you will have nothing to stand on. If you don't exercise it, it's just dormant. You have abs. Everybody, We all have abs. We all do. Some of them you can't see. Some of them you can't. The ones who exercise, you can see their abs. The ones who don't, you can't see their abs. Your faith is the same way. We can see your faith when it's been exercised. But when it's not, that's why you're hopeless. If you're a believer and you're hopeless, that's because you haven't exercised your faith. That's because you haven't trusted him. And some of the smallest things, you haven't trusted Him. You have listen, you haven't, and I say the smallest thing, you haven't even trusted Him that He wants what you want. If you desire marriage, which, which that is in His will, anything you desire in His will, He's okay with it. He wants it for you because He's willed it already. So if you want it and it's in His will, He wants you to have it. But we don't trust Him enough to wait Wait for his time and wait to say, Okay, now you prepare. We don't trust him enough. We're not exercising our faith. And we see that you have not exercised and you're not exercising your faith because you're jumping into it. We see that because the word goes forth and you get you get, uh, you get uh, um, counseling from people and you ignore it. Counseling from people, what I said, God sends his word, he says those in authority. He does his delegated authority. He does all of that. And you don't you're not exercising your trust, your faith, your dependence on him, and you go off and you just do strange things. And again, that's why again why we end up with divorces. Why we end up and then you, you getting in your marriage and you want, Well, what's going on? Well, what's happening? You weren't prepared. You, you didn't receive and you weren't walking in him and receiving him. You're allowing your, your want and your desire to be married to overtake and overthrow your relationship with God. He says, no, I need you to be stable in me. I need you to be rooted and grounded in me. That is your That's the concern you need to have. Right now, that is the concern you need to have. Being rooted, grounded, and established in me. Built up in me. Regulating your life now in me. That's what I need from you. That's what I mean. If Listen, and if he has, if you can do that now, you start exercising that now. You start being built up now. You do that now, when you get married, guess what? Guess what? You've already exercised it and it's going to be seen in your marriage. People will get the benefit. Listen, if, if you are a Christian and a believer, calling yourself a Christian and a believer... And people cannot benefit from your relationship with God. That is a problem. Your salvation is not just for you. Your salvation is not just for you. You're living in the word. You're receiving the word. You're walking in the word. It's not just for you. People should be able to benefit. And I don't care what kind of relationship it is. Your parents should be able to benefit from your walk in Christ. Your brothers and sisters should be able to benefit from your walk in Christ. Your husband, your spouse, your wife, should be able to benefit from your walk in Christ. Your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends, your family, they should all be able to benefit From your walk in Christ. And if they are not benefiting, if you're not producing the fruit, when they can eat from it and benefit from it, you are no good to God and his people. The whole thing is for us to bear fruit. The scripture tells us that a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. So if you're not producing fruit, that's a problem. If you're producing bad fruit, that's still a problem. Because nobody can eat from it. Who wants to eat from bad fruit? We throw throw away bad fruit. When it's rotten, we throw it away. Because it turns rotten, then it starts smelling. We don't want that. We're not consuming that at all. Nobody wants that. The whole thing is for us to bear fruit. And if people cannot benefit from your relationship with God, then what relationship do you have? What relationship do you have? Being built up. He wants to free you. He wants to free you. The scripture says in Acts chapter 17, we're not going there. A believer's being in Christ. Acts chapter 17 verse 28 it says, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. In him we, lo- we, 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 we move, we live and we move and we have our being. That world's spoiled. I'm out of time. We're going to get to that next week. because I, I do want you to, I want you to, to see how you spoil. The, the, the scripture tells us we're all spoiled, but how are you spoiled? Who's spoiling? Mm-hmm.